Welcome to the Digital Edge with Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway. Your hosts, both legal technologists, authors, and lecturers, invite industry professionals to discuss a new topic related to lawyers and technology. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 81st edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises. And I'm Jim Calloway, director of the Oklahoma Bar Association's Management Assistance Program. Today, our topic is Microsoft Office 365 for Lawyers is Here. We are happy and delighted to welcome our friend Ben Shore, a technologist and chief executive officer for Roland Shore and Tower, a professional consulting firm headquartered in Flagstaff, Arizona, with offices in Hawaii and Oregon. He is also the author of several books and articles on technology, including The Lawyer's Guide to Microsoft Outlook, The Lawyer's Guide to Microsoft Word, and OneNote in One Hour. He's been a Microsoft MVP for more than 15 years and involved with management and technology for more than 20. In his free time, he's an Ironman triathlete and a high school football coach. He currently lives in Flagstaff, Arizona with his wife, Carrie. Thanks for having me on again, Jim and Sharon. Well, we're delighted to have you with us. Um, Ben, I'm pretty sure that a lot of folks listening probably still don't know what Office 365 is. So could you begin by explaining that? Sure. Uh, Office 365 is Microsoft's collection of software and services uh, that they're selling as a as a package these days. And uh, those those services include Microsoft Exchange Server, which is their uh, email, calendar, contacts uh, sort of groupware platform that a lot of people use for for their email. Microsoft uh, SharePoint, which is their document management and workflow uh, platform. Microsoft Link, which is their uh, text, voice, and video communication tool. Not totally unlike Skype, actually, which they also own. They also have now added um, Yammer, which is a product they bought recently, which is sort of a, a social network for grown-ups. It's, uh, it's a corporate social network, so unless you explicitly allow outsiders to join, it's uh, for your company only. And uh, then, of course, the, uh, the venerable Office Suite, which is currently on Office 2013, which is uh, what most firms are familiar with, Word, Outlook, Excel, OneNote, and so forth. Ben, what if a firm only wants to install certain parts of Office 365? Uh, yeah, they can do that. There, there are a lot of different uh, what we call SKUs, SKU, or stock keeping units, of uh, Office 365. And in fact, last time I counted, there were about 41 different SKUs of Office 365, um, some of which don't actually include Office, which is a little confusing. But uh, because of that, you can sort of uh, pick and choose off the menu, so to speak, what you want. So, you know, you might be a firm who only wants Exchange, or maybe you only want Office, or you only want SharePoint. You can do that, uh, and you can mix and match to a certain extent as well. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, that's that's nice. You can get just what you want, and I assume it's at a reduced price if you only want a part of it? Yes. The, the pricing is, you know, each SKU has a slightly different price, depending a little bit on what you want. Some of the packages are a little more appealing than others. We We have some clients who don't really care about SharePoint, for example, but the SKU that includes SharePoint as part of it has everything else they want at a really good price. So uh, they just opt for that one and don't use SharePoint. So what's the difference between Office 2013 and Office 365? Actually, you know, for all practical purposes, they're really the same thing. Uh, Office 2013 is part of Office 365, at least in some of the SKUs. But uh, one nice thing about it is the, uh, the licensing that comes with Office 365 
Uh, if you get Office 2013 through an Office 365 SKU, uh, what you get is the ability to install Office 2013 on up to five devices per user. Uh, actually, by device, I should say computers because that's a little more accurate. Uh, so if you have an attorney who has a, a desktop computer on his desk and maybe he's got a laptop in his bag and uh, another computer at home, maybe it's even a Mac at home, um, you know, you can install the same seat of Office 365, uh, of Office 2013, excuse me, on all three of those devices with the same license, which is pretty nice. And you still have two more to go. Um, the licensing also includes uh, the ability to install on up to five tablet devices, uh, so iPads or uh, uh, other things like that, um, in addition to the five computers. And then finally, you can also install uh, on up to 10, uh, last time I checked it was 10, they, they may have changed this, um, smartphones or, or mobile devices that aren't tablets, um, so, you know, Android phones or iPhones or Windows phones and so forth. So you really get a lot of seats uh, for a single license with Office 365. That, that, uh, that licensing can go a long way. Is all of this cloud-based? No, not really. The, the services are cloud-based, uh, uh, generally, the Exchange server and SharePoint and so forth. Um, but the software, even though it's installed from the cloud, uh, it doesn't run in the cloud. So, the, so Office 2013, if you get that through Office 365, um, is actually a local install, just like what you're, what you're used to. So if you're on a plane or if you're somewhere without Internet access, it's still the same Word, Outlook, OneNote, and so forth on your computer that you're used to. Uh, it just installs initially from the cloud, uh, usually. And that is a pretty popular misconception, actually, about Office 365, is people think it's all browser-based, like Google Apps is. Um, but no, the Office 2013, you get through 365 as a local install. Yeah, I, I think they are confused about that. That's what I hear all the time. And, and they don't understand that they're actually going to download it from the Internet and that it will call home, as I understand it, periodically to get security updates or other updates. Is, is that correct? It does. It, it calls home for two reasons. The first one is licensing, actually. Um, because it's mostly subscription-based, you do have to have an active subscription maintained. And so uh, it does periodically check in to make sure that you're still paying your subscription fees. And then uh, the other reason is, of course, for updates. My Microsoft has gone to a pretty rapid release cycle now where uh, they're adding uh, not only updates as far as bug fixes and security updates, but even new features they're trying to roll out on a much uh, faster tempo than they have in the past, uh, more akin to what, you've, what we've gotten used to with mobile devices like smartphones and tablets, where it seems like every time I turn my phone on, it tells me that this app or that app has been updated. Um, and so uh, Microsoft is moving to a similar model for Office, like Word and, and Outlook, for example. Uh, not quite an everyday type of tempo, but uh, certainly more frequent than what we've seen. And that's one of the things that Office 365's Office 2013 will do is, is uh, reach back to Microsoft uh, on a fairly regular basis to see if there's any new features and things to install. And, and for those who worry about the cloud all the time, which is at least 50% of the profession, if not more, um, the data is all stored locally, right? It can be, yeah. You, you have the choice, just like you always had, you have the choice to store the data locally or in the cloud. Uh, you don't have to store it in the cloud. but uh, And you can also choose what you want to store in the cloud. So, for example, at our firm, uh, we do use Office 365 ourselves. Uh, we do use SharePoint and OneDrive for Business, which is part of SharePoint. And there are certain documents that we put there, and there are other documents that we keep uh, locally uh, in, a, in a network-attached storage device uh, on our premises. So which part of, of Office 365 do you think that most firms are, are moving to? Is there, is there one piece that they really like or, or one SKU, as you said, that they really like? You know, there's, there's a couple of different parts of Office 365 that firms are pretty keen on uh, currently. The, the first one is Exchange Server. Uh, you know, Exchange is a, is a pretty remarkable platform for, for email, calendar, and contacts. 
Um, it, it synchronizes to pretty much every mobile device there is, whether it's Android or, or iThings or, or Windows stuff. Blackberries, too, if you still have a Blackberry, if you're Canadian, maybe. So you can sync from Exchange to almost anything. And that's why, you know, almost all of the MLO 100 and almost all of the Fortune 500 use Exchange Server. Um, they can be pretty expensive to deploy and maintain your own Exchange Server. Uh, so traditionally, only the you know, mid-sized to larger firms could really justify the cost. Um, but with Office 365, we even see true solos that can have you know, a full Exchange Server mailbox, the full power of Exchange Server for as little as $4 a mailbox a month. Um, so that really makes it, uh, brings Exchange Server into the, into the game for, for even the tiniest firms. Um, we also see some of the, some of the mid-sized firms that have uh, previously deployed their own Exchange Servers. Maybe they've got an aging Exchange Server on site that they're thinking about replacing. Uh, we uh, talked to a firm not too long ago that's got an Exchange 2007 server that they're looking to replace. And they got a quote for uh, just over $20,000 for the hardware, licenses, uh, software that they need to, uh, to move to Exchange 2013. And that doesn't even include the installation costs and, and such. And so when we ran the numbers to move that functionality, just the Exchange server functionality to Office 365 for them, it, it came out to just under $400 a month for their firm. Um, and so it would take them a pretty long time, take them more than four years to spend $20,000 at $400 a month. Um, plus, they don't have any maintenance costs because the, the actual server for their, their actual exchange server would then be in Microsoft's data center. So they're not having to go over there and, you know, poke at it every now and then. Uh, so that's, that's one thing that you know, a lot of firms are looking at with Office 365 at Exchange. And the other thing is Office 2013. We do still see firms that are running Office, you know, 2007 or, heck, even 2003. Um, you know, I, I still occasionally sell copies of my Office 2007 books, amazingly enough. <laughs> not very many copies, but a few. <laughs> you're not going. You're not going to go on a cruise with those royalties, huh? <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm going to go to lunch with those royalties. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's, yeah. Yeah, McDonald's probably on the dollar menu. <laughs> uh, but you know, a lot of those firms who are running 2003 or 2007 are, are starting to think it's time to upgrade. And so, uh, especially with the five user licenses where they, you know, they don't have to, if they, like I say, they've got attorneys who do have multiple computers and multiple devices, um, looking at the, that they don't have to buy multiple copies of the software anymore for that attorney, um, you know, that, and that low initial cost too, you know, not having to, if you have to upgrade a 20 user firm, and if you're paying $299 a seat for office, you know, that's what, $6,000 or something like that you're going to be writing a check for um, to do it the traditional way. Uh, being able to do that for, you know, uh, what, $48 a month or something like that, I forget what the actual cost works out to, but being able to do it at a much lower initial cost with Office 365 can be a pretty good way to get your firm to Office 2013. So Exchange and Office 2013 are probably the two things that we see law firms the most interested in with Office 365. Well, one of the parts of the package is SharePoint, which... Uh a lot of law firms probably haven't heard about, but it sounds like something that law firms would be excited about. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So uh, SharePoint is Microsoft's document management and uh, workflow platform. Um, it lets you create document libraries um, on the SharePoint server where you can uh, share documents, of course, of all kinds. They don't have to be Microsoft documents. They can be you know, PDFs or CAD files or even, even sound files or movies if you really want to. And with SharePoint, you know, you can, you can share those document libraries with other users in your firm. Uh, you can also create sort of extranets, if you will, um, where you can share those documents, those document libraries with firm uh, parties outside your firm, clients, co-counsel, experts, and so forth. You can also do a, a lot of other things. SharePoint is an extremely powerful platform. You can actually create website. Your, your public website could be a SharePoint site. 
Uh, in fact, our our public website is a SharePoint site, um, and we did that just as a proof of concept because we had firms asking if you really could do it. So we, we did it just to show that you can. Um, and there are actually some pretty large firms. As I understand it, Hawaiian Airlines website is a public website is a SharePoint site. Uh, so there's a lot you can do with SharePoint that way. And you can also create a lot of pretty interesting tools, project management type of tools, scheduling, calendars, uh, contact databases, some sort of some kind of light databases that you can create uh, in SharePoint that you can share and collaborate with. You can create workflows in SharePoint. So, for example, you can say that, you know, we have a, a, a paralegal that's going to, you know, create the initial draft of this document, perhaps. Then it's going to go to an associate who's going to, you know, review it and, and edit it. And then maybe it goes to a partner for a final review and approval. You can actually build that kind of workflow into SharePoint so that the document moves through the process and has to be signed off on at, at each step of the way through SharePoint. So there's a lot of really uh, impressive capabilities in SharePoint. Most firms are a little intimidated by it, though, because it's uh, out of the box. It's kind of a big ball of clay that needs to be, uh, needs to be worked on. Uh, the other part of SharePoint that, that firms are seeing uh, is um, uh, OneDrive for Business. Uh, OneDrive for Business, even though it shares the OneDrive name with, the, with what used to be called SkyDrive at Microsoft, OneDrive for Business is, is, is sort of a, you could think of it a lot like Dropbox. It's, it's a big storage area. Uh, in the cloud where you can lo locate documents, you can choose to share them or not. A OneDrive for Business and SharePoint are, uh, are HIPAA certified. They, they have a, a pretty high level, uh, pretty enterprise level uh, security, which is nice. Um, and the other thing that's pretty nice is that currently, if you're an Office 365 subscriber and your SKU includes SharePoint, each one of your users gets a terabyte of OneDrive for Business storage space, uh, which is pretty good. Yeah, I know that uh, I know SharePoint offers a whole lot, but I think you're right. A lot of people are intimidated. Uh, you're the original boy wonder, so of course you can do everything with it. But for them, that ball of clay is very intimidating. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I absolutely can be. And you know, it's, I've, I've had firms ask me, you know, should we use SharePoint or should we use something like Net Documents, for example, uh, for our doc cloud document management? And I'll tell them, you know, uh, Net Documents or SharePoint is cheaper month to month. Uh, and maybe cheaper to to get initially, but you have to factor in that unless you have um, SharePoint expertise on staff, you're going to probably have to um, pay somebody to customize it and modify it to do exactly what you want. So, um, you know how the two the two solutions compare as far as uh, costs um, can be not so obvious at the outset. Most firms look at the price and go, "Oh, well, SharePoint would be a lot cheaper." Um, well, it might be cheaper, but it, it depends a lot on how much you have to spend to get SharePoint customized the way you want it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And of course, lawyers do love it easy. Let's go ahead and pause for a commercial break and then we'll be right back. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is Microsoft's Office 365 for Lawyers is here. And our guest is Ben Shore, the CEO of IT consulting firm Roland Shore & Tower. 
Ben, I, I know we talked a little bit about making initial selections of what you wanted from Office 365, but can you do this kind of a mix and match where, say you need different people in your firm to have different parts of Office 65, can, can, 365, can you do that? Uh, you can to some extent. You, you can mix and match within the same families, he says, with air quotes. In Office 365, there are three basic families of those SKUs that we talked about. Uh, there's the small business family, which uh, traditionally has gone up to 25 users. So if you're a small firm, uh, your small business family might apply to you. Uh, that's about to change, by the way, at the end of this month. They're making some, they're making some changes to those SKUs. But right now, the small business family is still up to 25 users. Uh, then there's the mid-sized business family, which uh, at last check only actually has one SKU in it. So no, it's a pretty small family. Um, and that goes up to about 300 users. And finally, there's the enterprise uh, family of SKUs. Um, and enterprise has, goes up to unlimited, uh, effectively unlimited seats. Um, there are a group companies like Volkswagen and Toyota are on the enterprise SKUs with tens of thousands of seats um, of users. And so if, you're, if your SKUs are all within the same family, you can certainly mix and match. We have a firm that has a handful of users on what's called the E3 SKU, which is an enterprise SKU that includes Exchange and SharePoint and, uh, and Link and all those good things, but it also includes Office 2013. Now, that firm has some users that didn't need Office 2013 because they're still happy on Office 2010. And so for those users, they've got the E1 SKU, which has uh, just the uh, Exchange, SharePoint, and Link, and does not include Office 2013. And as you might imagine, the E1 SKU is uh, about $12 a month cheaper than the E3 SKU. And so um, for, from an economic standpoint, they were able to mix and match by getting some of their users Office 2013 and other users who didn't need it, they didn't have to, to spend that money for it. So, so yes, you can mix and match as long as it's within the same family. In, in the small business family, for example, we have a firm that has, small, has the small business package, which is Exchange, very much like the E1 SKU. And then the um, small business premium includes Office 2013. And so they have a couple of seats of the premium SKU for those users who needed uh, Microsoft Office. So, yeah, you can mix and match. Ben, you mentioned earlier that uh, Office 365 was subscription-based. I'd like you to elaborate on that a little bit, and particularly should law firms be concerned that if they uh, fail to update their credit card information or something, all of a sudden none of the word processing in the law firm will work? (laughs) Uh, Well, that's a really good question, actually. So um, you don't actually have to pay for Office 365 by subscription, although I believe that most firms will, at least the small to medium-sized firms probably will. If you're a Microsoft Volume licensed customer, you actually can pay for Office 365 through your enterprise agreement, um, and you need to talk to your reseller about what the pricing and options are there, but you do have that ability. As far as paying for it on a subscription and and losing your functionality, the the secret actually about Office 2013 checking back for your licensing is that if your license, if if it can't reach Microsoft servers to confirm your license, for example, or if it doesn't see that your license is active, uh, it'll stay fully functional for, for 30 days. After 30 days, it goes into sort of a quiet probationary mode, which is to say it still stays functional, but now it's, it's, uh, it's going to warn you that it's in sort of a trial mode. And after, so after the next 30 days, so in other words, after 60 days total, if you still have not got an active subscription that uh, Office 2013 can verify, then it goes into uh, basically what they call reduced functionality mode, which means read-only. <laughs> <laughs> you do have 60 days in that kind of situation you have to 60 days to resolve that that's not reduced functionality that is no functionality <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
know, that's it's kind of interesting because that trial mode is, is curiously helpful because we've had users occasionally say, hey, can I get, is there a OneNote viewer or is there a, a, a Word viewer? And the answer to that question actually is, you know what, just install the trial mode because you can use it full function for 60 days. And then when it expires, it's essentially, essentially a Word viewer because it's, it'll read all the documents. You just can't edit, edit any of them. Well, that's a, per- that's a pretty good tip. It's a, it's a clever workaround for that situation because the trial is free. After 60 days, you've got yourself a, a nice Word viewer if that's all you want, you know. So, yeah, you've got, you've got the 60 days. The other thing is that they're pretty good um, about sending uh, an email to you and your Microsoft partner if you work with a partner, uh, warning you if, if your credit card information is expiring uh, or if there's any other billing issue with your account. Um, probably every couple of weeks, we'll get an email from Microsoft relating to one of our clients or another uh, cautioning us that, hey, this credit card's expiring or this credit card was declined. Hopefully that doesn't happen too often. <laughs> so they're pretty proactive about letting you know when there's a, a, a billing issue that you got to be worried about. I, I just kind of heard this, this an announcement about Microsoft's own document management system. I mean, that could be a really big thing for small firms who can't afford the traditional document management systems. Can you tell us a little bit about what that new product is? Uh, yeah, Jim. Actually, I'm, I'm pretty excited because we finally can talk about uh, uh, Matter Center, it's called, which is Microsoft's new uh, document management system. Uh, they took the wraps off it at ILTA, where I just, I just returned from ILTA in Nashville. Uh, and what, what uh, Matter Center is, it's built on SharePoint. So we had talked earlier, we, uh, talked earlier about how SharePoint can be a little intimidating for firms because out of the box, it's, a, it's a, sort of a ball of clay. Well, Microsoft has actually helped us out here because what Matter Center is, is it's a pre-written, matter-centric document management system built on SharePoint uh, that lets you uh, associate uh, documents or files of any kind. They don't have to be Microsoft files, uh, just like with Share, like any SharePoint. They can be PDFs or other kinds of files. And you can associate those with matters in Matter Center. Uh, the documents are uh, stored in SharePoint or in um, OneDrive for Business, which, as we just talked about, is actually SharePoint also. Uh, and you can choose to share them with other people in your firm or not. Uh, it's got a lot of pretty interesting capabilities. Uh, pricing and availability have not been announced yet, but I'm pretty sure that uh, it's going to be uh, consistent with the rest of the Office 365 suite, which is to say it probably won't be very painful for firms, especially small firms, to get into. Uh, and uh, you know, from what I've seen of it, it, it looks like a really uh, nice, simple, um, pretty easy to use and pretty capable document management system for small firms and uh, you know, maybe even some of the mid-sized or larger firms who, who don't want to use one of the more traditional firms uh, products like iManage or, uh, you know, Hummingbird or one of those. So tell us um, how a firm would go about getting Office 365. And of course, uh, more importantly, how would they go about getting your wonderful book, which I am enjoying reading uh, uh, today, as a matter of fact, and taking with me on the road. So thank you for, uh, for, for that contribution, because it really is a hot topic. Sure, my pleasure. So to get Office 365, you've got a couple options. Um, if you currently work with a Microsoft partner, uh, your Microsoft partner can help you decide uh, what SKU or, or SKUs, if you're going to mix and match, is best suited for you and send you what we call a purchase offer, which is just a link that you would click on that sort of has a pre-configured, here you go, uh, that you just would then plug in your credit card and you're off and running. If you're not working with a Microsoft partner, you can either find a Microsoft partner, which is not too tough to do. Or uh, if you'd rather not work with a Microsoft partner, you don't have to. Um, you can actually just go to Microsoft's site, to go to office365.com, 
uh, and you can peruse the various offerings there and uh, and sign up. It's, a, it's, it's pretty easy, and you can get started right away. The, the most time-consuming part is if you're going to migrate your email into Office 365, um, you know, there is a little bit of a process involved in doing that. But as far as getting it and signing up, it's all web-based, and it's pretty much just uh, get your credit card out and click on a few things. If you wanted to get the, the enterprise agreement uh, or volume license, uh, if you wanted to pay for Office 365 that way, then you'd want to talk to your reseller, whoever you, your reseller is for such things. Uh, as for getting the book, probably the easiest way is to go to the ABA's website, uh, and the ABA's books site is uh, ababooks.com, I believe, and uh, you should be able to find the book there. They have a nifty little search tool. If you just put in uh, Office 365, you'll uh, it should pull the book right up, and it is available in print today, as you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm lucky I get a, a preview copy, but that's uh, that's wonderful, and it is a very good book, and for, and for our listeners, it's also very easy reading. Ben has a real gift for taking technology and making it understandable, so it, it's not a book to be afraid of, and I think it's a good purchase whether you actually have Office 365 or just thinking about buying it and, and really want to understand it before you, you take the plunge. So, anyway, wonderful book, and thank you so much for being with us uh, today, Ben. It's always a pleasure to have you as a guest. My pleasure, Sharon. It's, uh, it's been great being here. And you too, Jim. And that does it for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. Remember, you can subscribe to all of the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us on iTunes. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Miss Sharon. Happy trails, cowboy. Thanks for listening to the Digital Edge. Produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway for their next podcast covering the latest topic related to lawyers and technology. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.